Hi, everybody. Becca here. I just wanted to give a quick content warning for this episode. Um, I know we haven't been as good about them as we wanted to be, but we are changing that. So we are going to be talking about religious trauma, specifically of the Catholic variety. Um, and at the end of the episode, our guest is going to be talking a little bit about sibling death, um, especially of a fairly young sibling and their funeral. So if that's something that's going to be unhealthy for you or triggering, um, feel free to give us a bit of a miss. We'll see you next week. And for the rest of you, welcome. All right, so now that me and Kelsey are in our matching hoodies and our guest has enough color for all of us, this is Queer Halftime. My name is Becca, I use she, they pronouns, and I'm here with the slightly less sick than yesterday, Kelsey. Hello, my name is Kelsey. I also use she, they pronouns. Perfect. And we're also here with McKeely. Hello. Hi, uh, do you want me, is this where I introduce myself? Yeah. Go for it, dude. Perfect. Okay, great. Okay, I read that correctly. <laughs> um, my name is Nikili. I use they, them pronouns. Um, and yeah, a little bit about myself, I guess, to get going. Uh, currently, I've been a tattoo artist for just over a year, celebrating my one-year anniversary tattooing. It was very fun. Um, I work in a predominantly queer space, a queer-owned tattoo shop, which is a little bit of a unique thing uh, in Alberta. Uh <laughs> And um, I was also in the past a teacher for a very brief minute <laughs> and uh, have lots of experiences to share about that. Uh, and I'm really excited. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest, I could not think of a concept of the week when I was <laughs> planning this. So I don't know, McKeeley, is there any like vocab lessons you want to do or like a concept that's come up? that you kind of think people should know about? Ooh, a concept. Um, oh yeah, okay. Now that I'm put on the spot, I can actually, I literally, I just watched the TikTok this morning. So we're just going to go with that one. Okay. Um, and this TikTok was talking about how, you know, throughout our lives, uh, queer people, um, neurodivergent people, you know, queerness in all of its intersectionalities, um, even if we're not aware uh, we tend to find other queer people, even as children, when people aren't really out. And I can, and I can, and this person was explaining like how through most of their uh, school experiences, as everyone became adults, they looked around and were like, oh shit, like all the people I'm still in contact with are like all queer. That's really interesting. Were we sending like subconscious signals to each other as we were children or something? Like what's happening? Um, and I think that that's like a, a theme of uh, us finding community. Yeah, finding community, the theme. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, like you and I definitely can speak to that. Like, yeah. what were we like nine when we met? Yeah, it was like five or six, maybe. Yeah, so yeah. Like I think, yes, we, 10, we were maybe? like 10 or 11. Yeah. And we played, um, we were at a very Catholic school. And I remember we, I think we got close or, well, partially because we lived in a similar neighborhood. And I remember we'd go over to your grandma's house sometimes because she lived in the apartments near my place and yep. would, she would give us cookies. And that was like iconic because I didn't have any grandparents in this province. <laughs> um, so I was like, yes, I got to have a friend who has cool grandparents. Um, but uh, I remember we were doing a production of uh, the Grapes of Wrath, like the Veggie Tales pirates who don't do anything and you and I played a two-headed like pirate and like split the lines and just like ate a lot of Captain Crunch that's all I really remember yeah there was like two months where we just sang poorly and ate Captain Crunch yeah um, it was for the Christmas pageant year. inexplicably <laughs> I don't know why we did I guess like that was as Christian like it, they had to go with like a VeggieTales thing that you know it was as Christian as you could get like, I mean I'll give it to VeggieTales like they were pretty good and honestly, that song slaps. Like it's still, it's still stuck up here, rattling around. Like to this day, um, a lot of them. It, there's Kelsey? like, 
Listen, I went to United Church and okay. all they let us watch was freaking Veggie Tales. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Aww. Apparently it's like a religious. It's a very Christian like, thing. Yeah. That's how you yeah. indoctrinate your children into religion is through Veggie Oh yeah. Tales, like with like colorful little veggies, you know, singing about losing a hairbrush or their pet water buffalo. And then suddenly Jesus is a metaphor well, yeah. in there. Yeah. Except they, so <laughs> when they were started making it the one guy's wife was like you can't pick jesus as a vegetable so that's why they pretty much only do old testament stuff oh because they don't want to because they don't want to make yeah okay but like can we just take it aside though like what vegetable would jesus be because i have feelings about this (laughs) i don't know oh Mm. it's not a vegetable but i think it'd be funny if he was a fig given his whole meltdown (laughs) about the fig tree (laughs) Ooh, I like that. That's deep. Like figs. What's what's like a vegetable that you can? I feel like Jesus would maybe be green onions because like you can cut them off and then they'll they'll grow back, <laughs> rise from the dead. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> so I didn't go to Catholic school, so I don't feel like I know enough about Jesus to be able to depict what vegetable he would be. Um, but I just picture him as like the sausage from Sausage Party. Have you ever seen oh, that really awful movie? Yes. That's I've never saw it, yes. but I remember when Ram was leaked. <laughs> really awful. I remember, that's what I, picture. I remember seeing clips from it because Seth Rogen didn't pay like any of the animators for that freaking movie. <laughs> yeah. And so there's like a huge scandal in like the art world being like, that's Seth Rogen. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's, it's fair. Just pay your artists. Pay your yeah. artists. Secondary oh, yeah. of this episode. True. Um, it's gonna be a running gag i'm sorry um <laughs> well yeah veggie tale the, the, in, the interesting way that we indoctrinate children is i guess like all forms of education are forms of indoctrination like if you like take it to a furthest degree but i would definitely consider my catholic education very indoctrinating that's a word um i'm even thinking about oh my gosh so me and my roommates we have a christian propaganda wall um in our house of course you do um of all of these <laughs> Of all of the just like absurd pieces of literature that get kind of handed to us, um, my one coworker or my one coworker, yes, my coworker, my roommate, um, <laughs> at work was like given a stack of like these pamphlets that are like propaganda hit pieces, um, on the queer community to like give out workplace. Hey, I know your audience like for yeah, real like, and it was like a publicly funded institution like it's oh I don't know why this man thought it was appropriate to to do that but we were flipping through these books and like just the level of like fear that they put into these things like there's one it was called the choice and it's about like not uh going along with homosexual lifestyle um and it was and it was all like fear-based and it was really weird it was like this man talking to this child about how they're gonna burn in hell and it was just like it's it's when you take these i find it really interesting because when you take like these ideologies and you look at the extremist form and the propaganda that the extremist like the most extreme form of it takes it's very revealing of like underlying ideology because even though Maybe in my Catholic school, my religion teacher didn't look me in the eyes and say, you specifically are going to hell. It was interlaced and interwoven into the entire fabric of like the education that I received there. And it was, it was, uh, it was very reliant on like subtext. Um, And like kids are smart. Kids pick up on that. They, they figured out that you don't have to be a super loud bigot to indoctrinate children into believing bigoted things. Um, it's just like subtle things. It's subtle, subtle shifts in like, Ooh, like emphasizing like the shame of like someone asking a certain type of question or Mm -hmm. like, you know, like it's all, it's all very like subtle and insidious. And I think that that was like the hugest harm for me because I mean, you hate the gays, just say with your whole chest. Like I, (laughs) at this point in my life, I don't have time for this like Christian politeness of just like, oh, my like, Jesus loves all the sinners and like, I can't judge gay people because like, I'm a sinner too, but like, yeah, yeah you're definitely like going to hell. <laughs> like, I'm so done. I'm so done with it. It's so interesting that you say that because my girlfriend and I just moved to a new place that's like eight blocks away from our old place. And right before we moved to this new place, we had started to get kind of like this weird stuff in our mailbox, like this like Christian shit and 
were these like really really deep is it these little like booklets that are like this big kind of and then they have like weird ones just showing up and we had never got them before and then we moved and most recently I checked the mail yesterday actually and it was the first time I've checked the mail since we moved which is bad like support your postal workers good lord check your mail more than every 12 days um (laughs) but it was the first time I checked the mail since we moved and we had a handwritten letter um from the Jehovah's Witnesses on a piece of loose leaf from the Jehovah's Witnesses we got that I and I'm like I'm not even convinced this is handwritten I I got one of those I think it was photocopied yeah (laughs) it's photocopied I swear to god like we okay we got the exact same one they're just like watchtower.org and I was like I'd rather die thank you but like so funny because like the the biggest conversation it sparked in my house between me and my girlfriend was an argument about whether it was handwritten or it was conversation like we yeah. have four adults on this dining room table like analyzing this like <laughs> right this letter we, we were like there's no way it. they did and that's like how did, they, how did they how did you do that how did you put those loose leaf lines on the other side of that white piece of paper well exactly they made a handwritten note and then they must have had like one of the like a very high quality printer like I'm wondering, like, should we, I, I'm wondering, right. like, my, should the school board reach out to the Jehovah's Witnesses to finally, like, get better printers? Because like clearly, clearly, they have access to good printing. We should just write them back and be like, excuse me, just want to confirm, was this handwritten? <laughs> Settle oh an argument like, for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a debate joke. amongst the queer community, mm. and we want to know. <laughs> What's this we got to know. Or photocopied. <laughs> those witnesses reply yeah i think we should there wasn't for turn address that was also handwritten suspicious y'all put a lot more thought into this than i did (laughs) i I just like to think about this stuff like as a person with like a significant amount of like oh i don't know what to call it but uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna use the t word i'm gonna we're gonna call it like it's trauma um So I have like probably a higher than average like level of like spite and disdain for it. That's coming from like a hurt place. Um, <laughs> but like, my God, I think that's why I collect like weird Christian propaganda. And we have this like board in our house <laughs> and people like walk in like <laughs> dinner at our, obviously not like since the panini started, but like if people were to come over and be like, what's with, like, what's with the bulletin board of Christian propaganda in your dining room? We're like, ah. We find it on the ground and we pin it up and we look at it and we laugh and it's it's this is this is how we get our cakes now and they're like oh okay there was this hilarious one that we got um, we made friends with this lovely couple and they had had a few kids at my mom me and my partner's former apartment and they lived below us um and i believe that he used to work for like hope mission and stuff so like uh, um and they were like really nice people and their kids were really cute and you could tell like their, their one daughter like really liked me she'd always run up to me and the mom would like cringe because like I had like piercings in my face and tattoos and weird hair and like I was living in sin unmarried with oh no I guess my earpods died all good we can still hear you okay fat this um and yeah, and yeah, uh, and like, it was really cute. We had a good relationship with them for a while. Like we would, you know, make, when we made extra food, we'd bring some down. Like for Halloween, we give the little kids treat bags and stuff. And I thought it was like a cute relationship. And then one Christmas, they decided evangelizing was the answer. They chose, they chose violence, in my opinion. Um, and so... <laughs> And so they suddenly, uh, after being like relatively cool with us for like two years, started like hard, um, like sliding like pamphlets for their church under their door. Also, like, I think he was like wanting to start a church or something. It, it was very confusing. I wasn't really sure what was happening, um, but like trying to get us to convert, um, talking about how like our lifestyle is sin. And I was like, you guys, like, I thought we were like, cool, like, <laughs> Like, I just, uh, like, it actually, like, I don't think Christians realize, like, how backhanded mm-hmm. and how hurtful it is. Because they're like, oh, I don't judge. And I was like, okay, but, like, do you do realize that looking at someone's lifestyle going that's sinful and they're not going to make it in my version of the afterlife is inherently a judgment? Like, do you know what the word judgment means? Because I don't think you do. Um <laughs> I think they're mixing up like judgment with like hatred. Cause like, I do agree. Like, I don't think they hated myself and my partner or anything like no. that. 
but like they were very judgy about it and they don't I don't think they realize how socially inappropriate it is to like develop a relationship with someone and then the second it turns um like the second like you get like you let your guard down a little bit that's when they hit you with the convert um it's like it's like being best friends with like a greasy car salesman or like that girl from high school that bullied you that now wants you to show her mlm like Mm -hmm. it's like oh i thought you were reaching out to like reconnect but oh dang like you're just hoping that getting my soul to heaven will boost your score okay yeah Yeah, i feel like it's a little bit of a friend zone thing like it's kind of similar it's like oh i thought i had a friend oh never mind christ so me (laughs) (laughs) fellas am i right how do you get out of the christ zone (laughs) you're starting a new bro movement right now like quick get a podcast wait we're watching (laughs) way ahead of you ahead of you oh yeah goodness and there's one oh my god there's this one pamphlet it's my favorite it's called big daddy and it has this big gorilla face on it and i guess it's it's hilarious because i think that these people like particularly like the really hard right fundamentalist like evangelical christians they they have a hard time like viewing any other like they have like their worldview and i think you know, obviously I think that they're actively punished for like shifting out of that worldview. So they've sort of mapped on their own religion to evolution. So like through this booklet, like you're getting this impression that like the professors and like the pro evolution side of things in this booklet, like worship evolution, like worship apes. And like, they have this idea that like science is actually just like another form of like deity worship which it's not, but it just goes to show you like how little they understand like science or, or, or like understand even the very like subject matter that they're trying to deconstruct. Like they're trying to prove evolution wrong. And they're literally saying that, you know, like one of the oldest fossils, like, sorry, I did like an archeology, span like first three years of my degree. So like, this is like a particular niche interest of mine. Um, But they say that like, have you ever heard of like Lucy was one of like the very first like hominid remains, blah, 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 incredibly old. Australopithecus afarensis. Yes, exactly. Um, They were like, oh yeah, Lucy was just a chimpanzee with arthritis. (laughs) And I was like, come again. And then they also tried to like come for radiocarbon dating. And I was just like, oh, this is like, you're reading it and you kind of feel sad. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you realize that like, you know, this tricks people. This actually like, um, this actually works on some folks. Yeah, and and there's social consequences to like, trying to leave or like kind of distance yourself especially if you're raised in it or if you marry into it or something like there Mm -hmm. are actual like you will lose family members like Mm -hmm. yeah I can speak from experience there there's a lot of I mean it's starting to get better but like definitely was a rough few years when I was like I don't want to be Catholic anymore (laughs) yeah it's fun. It's interesting that I think that a lot of families that have like heavy emphasis is on religion. They, they crave religion as like a structure to cling to, to give like meaning to their choices and their lives and stuff like that. Um, and when you go in and you're like, and you reject it, like, it's almost like they, they, they view it almost as like a personal attack. Like you are personally rejecting this framework that gave their lives, like all the meaning that mm-hmm. they have and for you to reject that like that's like a personal attack in their minds yeah. um and so I think it definitely explains a lot of the behavior uh <laughs> towards people when you when you do kind of discredit their their faith system and you know I tr- always try not to be an ass about it but <sighs> but you know like as a member of this community I find that like you can't like it doesn't matter how you do it everybody's going to kind of perceive you as an ass, right? So like I have, (laughs) I have a lot of family members that I am very estranged from because I am queer. And at no point in time have I said your religion sucks. Like I hate God, go F yourself. But just the fact that I'm queer is enough for them to be like, "Mm, that's an insult to my religion. And I'm like, but is it though? Because like, that's a, you're talking about an ideology and I'm talking about who I am as a person. So like, who's insulting here? 
yeah. seems like it's you, you know? So it's like, it's so interesting because it's like, sometimes it doesn't matter what you do. Like we actively try to work with the church in some ways at Out Loud, sometimes just because we know that there are kids that want that. And there's such a stigma attached to the queer community in the church, right? Yes. So like, we just don't discriminate against people that want to be gay and worship at the same time. And oh, we yeah. want to make sure that they have a place that they can do that. So we know one or two churches that are like safer for queer people, but like the people that are so like ready to cut people off about their, like, because they're against religion. It's like, I'm not even against your religion. I'm just trying to say, like, well, it's, I'm not going to hell because I lay in bed with a woman at night, right? Like, it's like, that's... Yeah, yeah it's inferred, yeah. right? Like, they've tied together yeah. these things of, like, because you're this thing that I believe goes against, well, it goes against my beliefs, then you are also saying, yes. you know, yeah. it's a big middle finger to my beliefs. Right? Oh, oh totally. Like, 1,000%. I even think about... um so I have some friends who are like still like in the faith um, loosely, um, but they even not even like they're not even queer, like they're straight, um, but they're making choices. You know, they don't want to get married in the Catholic church or they don't want to have their child baptized and like there's uh, or they don't want like, you know, like <laughs> like not even related to queerness. And these like parents are just drop of the hat, like so willing to completely dissolve their relationship with their child That's wild. because of this like ideological difference. And it was to the point, like, I remember, um, like I was talking to this one friend of mine and like that parent, the parent of my friend, like even went to their church and was like, is it a sin for me to go to this wedding, even though it's not in a Catholic church. And I really disagree with my child not getting married in a Catholic church. And the priest was like, I mean, we would prefer them to get married in the Catholic church, but it's not a sin for you. So like, I don't know, like go, like the priest told them to go and, and they still didn't, they still refused. And they still were like, no, no, no. Like I know better than the priest. And I think that there's going to be quite a reckoning between like some of the older generation of these more conservative churches that do have these more traditional views. Um, with like these that this elder generation that thinks they may even like know better than the clergy themselves um because they want to hang on to you know their idea of like how things are done and like i i always like get very confused at like the overt concern of some of these people with like other people's lives that truly do not impact them at all like even just like my own parents attitudes toward like tattoos like oh my gosh like especially early on they're starting to get used to it now but like I don't think they like it like I I you know I don't think it's like a positive thing considering um, how upset they were that I would wear a tank top under a cardigan in the winter I feel like yeah yeah <laughs> it's so true so like you know not even tattoos but I'm just like okay can you explain to me exactly how like me getting tattoos impacts your life negatively like can you because I I actually am trying to understand yeah I wonder and I you know I've never gotten a like um a satisfactory answer to that I wonder if it's like a subconscious like like, accepting of the fragility of their own like social dominance and in the same, like, right. And in the same breath, they'll be like, help, help. I'm being oppressed. The So much for the tolerant left. But then like, <laughs> That's in, my favorite. like, right. So much for the tolerant left. And then the second that somebody has like a different opinion, that, like that, that just calmly stayed. Like, I remember at Easter dinner, I was just like, Jordan Peterson is a quack. And everyone was like, how dare you say that about granddaddy P like, like people were like, Oh, that like twisted up about it um and 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 like everyone like like a pack of hyenas like descended upon me like to like blah 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 blah. and while also in the same breath being like you can't tolerate people having different opinions than you and I was like I am the one person with a different opinion in this room it's the same with cancel culture like I feel like a lot of really far like right-leaning people will cry about cancel culture but it's like Y'all are the ones getting shows pulled off the air because they showed a couple, like a same-sex couple holding hands or something. Yes. And I was like, I was like, they're talking about cancel culture as if it's like this, this like new thing. And I was like, y'all invented this shit. You remember what you did to the chicks like after they criticized um Bush? Oh yeah. Like 
the conservatives ended their music career for like a decade. And like, and there's, and there's millions of examples of this, like going throughout time, like the last like hundreds of years, like it has been like the suppression of like leftist speech. Did you hear about the most recent one that's impacting the very young queer community? That happened like yesterday or the day before, Jojo Siwa, um, who is queer and recently cut her hair, was not invited to the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards for the first time ever. Oh my after God. she cut her hair. Oh my so God. everybody's she like, carried that network on her back. Know, they like, don't that's right. Thank you. Like, so she wow. on Twitter, she was like, everybody's messaging asking me, or not on Twitter, on TikTok. She was like, everybody's asking me why I'm not there. And she was like, I'm here to tell you that I just wasn't invited. And it's like that, that's that's cancel culture. Yes. Right? Like that's what that is. Like removing mm-hmm. people from a space just because they cut their fucking hair and come out like, as gay. Like, get over yourself, you know? Like, that's just mind-blowing to me. And then when you, like, look at, like, Nickelodeon's very problematic, like, 10-year legacy of, like, sexualizing underage girls. Like, you look at, like, what they did to, like, uh, Ariana Grande, like, the Victoria Justice, um, the iCarly girl, Sam and Miranda. Like, like, just messed up, messed up stuff all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, like there's a difference between canceling people and people facing consequences for their like mm-hmm. very real like yeah behavior yeah. like cancel culture is not the same as accountability like, exactly yeah. right like if you're an yeah. asshole you're racist you're sexist you're ageist you're any of the isms like you that you're being held accountable but if you're just a person like that's oh totally it blows my mind because it's like people don't think that it matters right but like i guarantee the next group we have that's going to be the biggest conversation oh yeah i totally agree like it's wild yeah and cancel culture like does not impact people equally like you look at you know power like you know uh if you're if you're canceling a man in general it's not going to stick especially if he's white um (laughs) especially if he's wealthy like wealthy people you can just you're probably going to be fine like Like, you know (laughs) for for like a year and then you'll come back like louis k's selling out shows again like just win an award i believe he did and like so you know like when people complain about like cancel especially like these like older like gen x like borderline boomer like male comedians specifically i feel like are the whiniest bunch about this and it's just like just say you're not funny like just say yeah. that touch it's okay comedy is an evolving art form and if you are out of touch with what young people are interested in and find funny like that's it for you like it's okay yeah. Well, you should like, be performing at a senior center. I can't yes. remember who it was, but somebody just on his special made a freaking participation trophy joke. I'm like, it is, is it 2022. Ricky no, it wasn't Ricky Gervais. I can't remember who it oh, was. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever seen him, but yeah, I'm like, it's 2022. Oh. Like that wasn't funny. Like I have thrown out all of my participation trophies because I didn't want them and they meant nothing to me. Like participation trophies like, were for our kid. parents. Like, I remember as a child, like, being, like, six, and I did, like, the little rec league soccer, and everyone was getting a trophy, and I distinctly remember we lost. Like, I counted the goals. We lost, and I remember getting trophies, and even at the age of six, I was like, huh. Like, yeah. even as a child, I recognized that this was something that, like, I didn't really ask for. Yeah. Like, I just wanted ice cream. Somebody should do the history of participation tro- trophies because I'm convinced that they were made by like white cis white women. Like they were made yeah. to keep cis white women happy. Because Agreed. you can't you can't yeah. you can't give somebody an award and not everybody. Because right? like, God forbid little Timmy doesn't get a trophy for like self-esteem era. Like everything was like about self-esteem and self-confidence. And I'm really glad to see at least what I'm seeing from like Gen Z and at least like from what I saw, like from my Gen Z students, um, the whole like cult of confidence and like having a good self-esteem is sort of dying off. Like people are just like, no, you don't like we don't care anymore. What? You like, know why? That's because they did it with us. And look at us now. I know. We all have crippling anxiety and depression. (laughs) But we're loud and annoying. Yeah. And loud and annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And we get, we make change. Like, it's like, 
we're the generation right now that's like kind of standing up along with the people a little bit younger than us but like we're the ones that are like loud queer here proud you know and it's like they're like oh shit we should stop that (laughs) we're kind of a big group of confident people and we can't manage that because society thrives on oppression it really do it really 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 do and like the the boxes that we like shove people shove mm-hmm. people into is yeah yeah it's gonna have like these like long rippling impacts I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really intrigued to see like what future generations think about like what we were taught and mm-hmm. like I'm imagining it's gonna be similar to like how we view like bloodletting and leeches <laughs> you know like they're like yep. oh, you remember taught that I remember even um I'm gonna segue into um an education story go for it. But I was helping, um, to run like a sex ed program at, uh, one of the places I was working at. Um, and I remember going through it and I had taken like a certification course, like through Edmonton public to be like, cause I wanted it to be like really comprehensive. Cause I received abstinence only essentially. And then a bunch of like straight up scary, horrifying misinformation. Pictures um, of STIs. Oh my God. Okay. We'll get into that. Put a pin in that one. And then like, and so, and then hilariously, like at the age of like 24, I had taken this, like how to teach sex ed class. And that was, that was my first actual introduction to like real sex ed at the age of 24. Like that's so fucked. And I'm really excited for like young people these days, like younger people now, because hopefully in more schools, they're getting a better education. I know at least my partner. So like we went to a pretty conservative Catholic high school. Um, and my partner also went to a Catholic high school, but it was like one of the, it was ones like within Edmonton. Um, so like, rather than they, they didn't really do the fear mugging thing. They just didn't talk about it. They just like, didn't touch that subject with any of their students. And I was like, that's fucked up. Okay. So they're just going to learn it from the internet, huh? That's how cool. I did it. With their friends. And like, and yeah. And like, that has like rippling consequences, like through mm-hmm. someone's life. And I just uh but yeah anyway so we're teaching this and I remember like some of the students and I was like this I'm just so like happy for you guys you get taught this shit and like students were literally like well what did you get taught and I was like oh okay well and I explained to them um and they were all like shocked like jaws on the floor that this stuff was happening like in the 2000s like in the late 2000s this was still going on but like we we did like I remember doing the tape exercise does anyone know the tape exercise oh yeah oh my gosh they give you like a little piece of tape and then you like touch it or you like stick it to your clothes and then you look at it and then they're like okay so like imagine this tape is your virginity essentially and now the tape is all dirty and soiled and you cannot and it doesn't undo it. stick like, anymore it sucks one thing it doesn't stick anymore it doesn't work anymore no one's gonna want a dirty piece of tape like so don't have sex before marriage and everyone was like what i don't understand I just- how <laughs> adhesives relate to my vagina at all. <laughs> like, and like and that was it we also did like what? chewing gum like the chewing gum exercise or like the or we did a crumpling up paper like they for some reason they were my teacher was obsessed with this exercise so we did three different versions of it there was also the chewing gum one where you take like a piece of gum you chew it up and you're like see try to get that chewing gum back to normal you can't because it's ruined and i was just like you don't know how vagina works um Meanwhile, and also the boys was were so watching man like the boys were straight what? up watching Man Tracker. Yes, yes. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, the girls had to sit in a classroom and watch Pam fucking stencil um, VHS tapes. And this is a woman. Here, let me. I'll give you my Pam stencil impression. Oh my gosh. For the for the auditory listeners, I'm standing up and I'm gonna walk in. So it's like, so she walks in. She's got her little mic, and she's just like, "So girls, if you have sex, like it's like that scene in Mean Girls where he's like, if you have sex, you're gonna die." And she goes on and she's like literally advocating for like people to um, not use condoms because they don't work. And I was like, that's not true. Like she was literally spreading misinformation. Like she was literally saying that condoms don't prevent HIV. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, And just like all sorts of like absolute garbage crap. And it was all about like it was, it was so misogynistic because it was all like girls, like you, girl, guys are, guys only want one thing. And they're going to like, it, it also like 
horrendously stereotyped men. Um, no one and, came like, out looking good. Well, and it absolved them of like all responsibility for like being respectful towards like their, their partners. Yeah. Like, like they, they, they were, de- they were reduced to this, like, like literal, like base animals that are uncontrollable. And if you put yourself in a room for a man, like with a man, what happens happens and it's your fault because you put yourself in that situation. Like it was so victim blaming. Consent was never discussed. Like I literally have the first time I heard about consent was in university, which what? <laughs> like, and oh my gosh, my favorite one was, this is a super embarrassing story and I'm going to lower and debase myself for this podcast. Um, <laughs> I went to the birth control clinic because I was like, I need birth control. And they were like, okay. And I was in my early 20s at this point. I was talking to a nurse and she was like, and she was like, oh, like, you know, maybe if you have issues like taking pills and remembering them, ADHD, um, if you have issues remembering to take pills, like, have you considered blah, 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 the patch, the IUD? And I like visibly flinched at that saying that I like her saying the IUD. And, and I was like, oh, no, I don't think I could do that with all the, you know, and I did this with my finger, like rotating, like spinning. And she looked at me and was like, what, what, what do you think an IUD is? And I regurgitated the answer that I had been given when somebody asked that question in eighth grade. Thank you. Shout out Mr. Religion teacher at that junior high school for this interaction. Thank you. It's fine. I don't think about King as Carl all the time. Um, and he told us that an IUD was like, you know, like an ice cream scoop that has like the little handle that you squeeze and it's got the wire that like, and it pops the ice cream out. So basically I was told that an IUD was like that, like it's a spinning wire scraping the walls of your uterus 24, 7, 365 was what he told us what an IUD was. And so I said that to the nurse and she was like, oh honey no and then she actually pulled one out and it was just this little tea thing and I was like what the fuck like I've never felt like so betrayed and I knew that that man gave me a lot of bad information but I didn't think it was possible to like fuck up to that degree about like a basic like medical device like (laughs) these are the same people though that were like you menstruate because of Eve's sin so oh yeah because of Eve's sin yeah yeah. And apparently if you didn't, I remember, um, cause I was a very late bloomer. Cause I was like very athletic. I probably was just very under like, like over sported, just doing too many sports all at once. So like, I didn't get a period to like very late. Um, and I remember being like, maybe I'll never get one. <laughs> maybe I haven't been touched by Eve's sin. Maybe if I can, if I go to church hard enough, maybe I'll never get my period was like a legit thought that I had for a while. <laughs> sad, right? Like sad. Yeah. It's sad for an individual to have that little knowledge about like a non-shameful, totally normal part of their body. Yeah. And you know, I would love to say that things have gotten better, but we still talk to parents that talk about, that call us asking how to approach the issue not the issue, but like the conversation of safe sex with their kids because the kids go to Catholic school and it's not being talked about at all. So I, yeah, unfortunately these things are not, we think they're getting better, but like you got to challenge people on this stuff, yeah. right? Like you got to go to schools and be like, why aren't you teaching this? Is it because you don't have capacity? Cause let me direct you to somebody that does, you know? Yeah. Cause it's like, we should not have teenagers that come. We have teenagers that come into our group and laugh at the condom bucket. And I'm like, and we do the whole, let's talk about safe sex. And by we, I mean me because I'm that person. And I'm like, yes, let's have full a conversation. awkward dad, youth pastor oh, moment, yeah. like leg up oh, on yes, the bench. Sit in your chair backwards, cool English teacher yeah. style. Totally. Because I'm like, this is something that you have to be able to talk about. If you are giggling at the condoms, like they're not funny, right? Like it's like, it's sex is funny totally when you're in it, but totally. the, using condoms is not funny. It's safe. So like we have to give them this freaking education because they're not getting it. The fact that the fact that it is still legal for I because I remember going into Catholic school and like we were taught like actively harmful shit, 
Um, and I think most Catholic schools are kind of going the route of just like not addressing it at all, which is mm-hmm. like still super fucking harmful on every totally. level. But the fact that it is like still legal for like parent, like you still need like parent permission, I believe. Yeah. And like for parents, like you can still pull your kid out of any sex ed like that mm-hmm. for me, like that's, I think, a human rights issue. I think that every child is entitled to a comprehensive sex education, regardless of religion, regardless of the, um, regardless of the way your parents want you to learn about these topics. Like, I think that we, I, I don't know. I feel it's like there health, needs to be more. It's a health concern, right? You have it's to learn about your thing. own like, It's body. also a public like, health concern. Cause now we have a bunch of like gonorrhea rates are really high and syphilis. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. Higher. Syphilis like, outbreak in Alberta. Yeah. Like, you know, like this is actually like a public health issue and this like impacts people. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I remember my parents got roped into by some like anti-vax jerks at their church and during the HPV vaccine that was being introduced at schools. I missed out on that. Like I was not allowed to get that. And now it would cost me like $600. And my doctor was kind of like, well, it's probably, I mean, and I was just like, thanks for the cervical cancer, mom and dad. Like, the fact that they were able to make a choice about my body when I was 14 like that. Yeah. yeah. That's well, gross. They should have never been allowed to do that. It goes beyond yeah. that though, because enough parents complained that they didn't offer it to our class at all. So like mm-hmm. they didn't just make decisions for their children. They made decisions yeah. for other people's children. Yes. They and pushed I had it. to later when I was 18, go get the shot or yeah. the three shots. But like, cause my parents would have been all over that had it been offered. Yeah. But these, but these, this minority group of like incredibly loud, incredibly like right wing um, Catholics were, were drowned out all the voices of all the other parents and like actively was able to pressure a school board to not offer this essential piece of healthcare. Yeah. And I'm so curious how many of those individuals, how many of those adults were parents of kids attending that school at that time? We get phone calls all the time about from teachers being like so I have a I have this person fighting against this poor teacher and this person doesn't even have a kid that goes to this school it's like calm down (laughs) like people need a hobby that isn't fighting underpaid workers yeah and looking for people to target yeah like I feel like I feel like so many Oh, I'm trying to find the proper words for this because this is going to be like a little inflammatory. I feel like the doctrine in a lot of cat, like at least in Catholicism and in a lot of Christian faiths, obviously not all Christian faiths do believe this, but the, but the go out and convert people and save other people's souls um, ideology has allowed them to feel justified in like overstepping into like other people's lives that aren't even part of their faith system or part of their faith community. Like they actually yeah. feel like they're, they actually believe they're doing a good thing by trampling on the human rights of others. Like they actually have convinced themselves that it's a good thing. Well, and, and if those others are like people of color or disabled people or like, like forget about it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like don't even talk about like how little like queer sex ed is like even allowed in schools and like queer healthcare. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't know that trans people existed until university, probably. The only trans person I'd ever seen was, you know, when they were being the butt of a joke in like a Crocodile Dundee movie or Ace Ventura. Like, you know what I mean? In fact, I didn't even know, I kind of knew that men could be gay in junior high, high school. Didn't know women could be gay. Like what? (laughs) Yeah. Like it's so, yeah. And like rewinding back, I do believe that, you know, I think in a lot of faith leaders, um, because I think fundamentally a lot of it comes down to, they want to continue to make money. They want to continue having their numbers at their churches high. They want people to continue to tithe. Um, And they want to continue like, you know, having their little like group. Um, and, and I do think that that like evangelization call that some people have interpreted is viewed as a feature, not a bug. Like, I think that a lot of 
these like leaders, you know, I don't know if a lot of like parishioners and your average like person just attending these churches really thinks about it, but like at these really high levels of these institutions, I really wonder if they're like, yeah, we understand this is kind of infringing on other people's human rights, but but it's a feature, not a bug. Like they, you know, but it furthers our agenda, it furthers our influence and power. And so we don't care. Like that's that's really the vibe I get. And the cherry picking, like the cherry picking is wild. Like the whole thing about, like you have a better chance of passing a camel through the eye of a needle than a rich man entering the kingdom of heaven. And like, you know, he who abandons his family is worse than a non-believer. And like, you know, people who kick their gay kids out. Like, plus all these people using the King James Bible, a little historical knowledge for you. King James uh, was queer and had a boyfriend who he like promoted so many times that he started making up positions to keep promoting him to. And they had in like, so a lot of courts had official mistresses, Um, like quite, it was fairly common. Like in French court, there was like the queen and then there was like the king's consort, the mistress, right? And so there would be like pathways from the king's bedroom to a consort's bedroom right and it was the same thing with king james and his boyfriend so all y'all talking about queer people and quoting the king james bible like my favorite one is um obviously uh you're probably aware that you know after roe v wade um evangelicals and the catholic church became like very um vehemently against like abortion um, and hilariously, there's actually, I just found this out, and the Catholic Church has definitely done a lot of work to like scrub this from the record or to like discredit the sainthood of this person. But there was a very famous Irish folk saint who um, like performed miraculous abortions on women. And it was viewed as a very good thing. Like it was viewed as like, wow, like he's helping these women. And so like, it's interesting the way they choose the pieces of their history that they're going to continue forward and which ones they're not. Like, I even think that, I think fundamentally like capitalism has become more vastly worshiped than God in a lot of ways, even within Catholic churches. Like I think about some family members and like the way that they talk about money is as if it's like a holy sacred pursuit. And like in North America, we have like a huge, I don't remember what it was entirely called, but it was a huge train of thought within like the Protestant movement. And it was basically like, if you're, if you're doing well under capitalism, if you're wealthy, God is blessing you. Like, like it's, if you are wealthy, it is a good thing. Is that like, that prosperity um, doctrine? Prosperity. Yes. And I think that even like that has trickled into the Catholic church very much so in certain communities, because like, I see that doctrine, like it, in my family, in my extended family, um, certain members for sure, the way that they talk about money as if it's like, so much they, they talk no about it as if it's the best the holy grail. Like being a millionaire is like their holy grail. Yeah. That's so, my, oh, that's so funny. My dad is extremely religious and is very, is also a member of a pyramid scheme that is very, very wait, Name it. Which one? Is it Primerica? Uh, no, oh. I would have to Google it because it's changed names so many times because they oh. keep seeing in trouble for stuff. Yeah. Oh, um, and it's got a really, really big religious base. Yeah. And he very, and it very much is like, like they drink this juice that if you go blind, you'll get your sight back because God, and they sell it to people. And like God, it's just this very, very strange pyramid scheme that's very public across North America. And it's got such a religious base. And I don't think I've ever realized. I feel like a lot of them do. Oh, yeah. Like, like military, military wives and Christian communities seem to be like the main things keeping like the MLM pyramid scheme industry alive because they're very isolated. Um, Mm -hmm. I think at least I found, you know, in my upbringing in Catholic schools and in Catholic church and going to, and I was like one of those Christian kids that I was at church like multiple times a week. Like we went to church every Sunday, but we also did weekly mass very often. I was in youth group multiple times a week. I was teaching catechism. Like my parents were so involved. So like I lived and breathed church. And when I tell you that they actively, um, they actively discourage you from forming critical thinking 
like actively. And it sucks because these people are vulnerable, they're trusting, and they always get looped in by friends or family members. Like my family alone, like I have so many family members involved in so many different pyramid schemes and they all roped each other into each other's. And it's like, and it's a mess. (laughs) Like it just is. And I don't know that any of them really have, even to this day, even though they've lost a lot of money um, and didn't really go anywhere within those pyramid schemes, I still think that they think that that's they did their legitimate businesses, right? It's I still like don't my think dad's put it together that it's a pyramid scheme. My dad's like, I'm on this five year plan to get rich. I'm like, Dad, you've been on this five year plan since I was five, and I'm thirty. Like we're like, like, and you're you're down a lot of money, but you don't you haven't made anything. You know, it's really interesting. But God is there for him. And supporting him and this is god's journey which is so interesting because i'm like you are broke <laughs> you have queer kids that you don't have anything to do with and it's like mm-hmm. how is this holy like, I, I know right and i like and i, I feel bad to a degree yeah. like because you know and these are people that you know i have very complicated relationships with um but like i do i do feel bad fundamentally like for them like even um oh this one this story okay hold on so um you know the family that like kind of roped um like their their anti-vax um still continue to be like none of their kids are like vaccinated they actually went on a huge tear uh at one of my family members actually um because they posted some stuff like anti-convoy and they are very pro-convoy and you know so they have they're those kind of people you know um, anti-vax, the whole nine yards also quite high up in their local chapter of their, uh, life and Christian life insurance pyramid scheme. Um, very high up and they've roped in all of their kids. Well, all, most of their kids, a few of their kids have been like, no, but, um, they've roped in a lot of people and it's, it's, it's kind of messed up. And I was literally, I was literally, um, I was at, uh, my sister's funeral and the matriarch figure of this family approaches me and starts needling me like little questions about my finances and about life insurance. And I need to start thinking about these things because you never know when you're going to die. Like she was literally manipulating like the fact that like my 18 year old sister had like recently passed away um, and was trying to get me to sign up for her stupid pyramid scheme. And I just like I couldn't. Oh, no, sorry. This wasn't the funeral. This was like the one year memorial service. That's right. Sorry. So, still, still, we <laughs> yeah. were at the cemetery. In the cemetery, I was eating cheese and crackers that were very sad. Um, around <laughs> all the flies, and this fucking woman came up to me with the audacity of all the white feminists I've ever met, and and just like was just like, hey, so like you're gonna die someday too. You should buy life insurance. She was like all these questions, and then she freaking so I I, I started losing my mind a little bit, and I was like you need to stop talking to me. Like you need to, I need you to, I need you to leave my vicinity right now. I'm going to choose violence. And she was like, why are you reacting like that? I'm just being helpful. Like she started actively gaslighting me and I was just like, nope, I'm done. And I like stomped away. And I remember going up to my parents and being like, you need to put a leash on her. Like you need to get her the fuck out of here. Cause I'm going to hit an old woman and it's going to be bad. And they were like, and they were like, well, she's not doing anything wrong. She thinks that she's helping. And I was like, like, and that's like, and, and it's partially, I think, because she's like relatively a high status member of their church. Yeah. And so they weren't even willing to like check her for doing something like just scummy to their own child. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And like, so these are like these people, like, I swear to God, they, they, they walk around the planet. Like, I'm like, do you really believe you're that much of the main character? (laughs) And like all of us NPCs that are just like little wallets for you to like, because you're doing the Lord's work. Like, what is, what is it? Yeah. I just take us off one by one. Yeah. Yeah. And try to convert us, send the rest of us to hell. Yeah, convert us to your faith and your business pyramid scheme. Right. The ideal thing in their brains. Considering how many of us queer folks are going to be in hell, I think it's going to be a party. It's going to be a good time. You cannot tell me that, like, hell's not going to be lit as fuck. No, it will be. Totally. I feel like Kevin's going to be super, super boring. Right. Like, who wants it? Who needs it? 
(laughs) Not I. Well, even just like, I think about like in the grander scheme of things, I do have like an issue with like, like, I don't know. Okay. So say God is this all powerful, all knowing being, he's like letting a lot of horrifying crap happen. Yeah, it's true. Like, yeah. Well, and I would always ask those questions and my mom would be like, it's part of the plan. It's to teach us things. And after a while, I'm just like really tired of like looking at bad things happening to people and being yeah. like, this is a lesson for me. Like how privileged is that? To yes. Yeah. Like, like, especially like being like white middle-class in Canada, looking at things happening in like the exploited areas of the world and being like, yeah, yeah that's really horrible. It's like a lesson for us what this is going to benefit me in the long run like yeah like literally these are people's lives yeah like yeah you can't talk like this like oh yeah uh it's I think it shows like I think behind it all and I I did have this experience like I for for a group of people that say they're incredibly empathetic um at least like at least the catholic church that i grew up with in i found i found most people were severely lacking in any form of like real empathy mm-hmm. um even like people would come up to me like after my sibling died and be just like oh it's a lesson for you or it's fine like this was this was meant to be and i was like <laughs> your lesson for lack of a better word. Oh yeah, like literally the priest <laughs> like during the like during the funeral mass was talking he went all fire and brimstone and he was talking about how like the loss of like a literal like child who barely didn't have like any experiences in life, didn't have any freedom of her own is like a lesson for all of us to strengthen our faith. Like he he like weaponized her death to like have people double down on yeah. Catholicism and that just felt so scummy because all I wanted out of that day was it for it to just be about her totally yeah. loved her and get some community support like isn't that what churches are supposed to be for like people I was talking about churches are supposed to be for like community work and like charity mm-hmm. and I've never felt more alone in any community than I did when I was a really active participant in that parish yeah like truly yeah that's yeah. fair wow which thank God for the queer community. Cause they like broken, bruised, drag, like drag me up off the floor and said, we accept you and we love you. And there's no dumb caveat of we love you, but like, we think you're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. No, there's no negging attached to it. It was just to be accepted as a whole person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Cause I think like, I think a lot of people who were raised Catholic were taught that they were broken and that there was something wrong with them. And I thought it was really beautiful to enter a community where I was being told that actually I was okay, just the way I am. Yeah. And I didn't need to change. That's it's so nice. really beautiful. And I think that's a really good point to go <laughs> to our queer joy <laughs> queer joy for the week. Um, since you're talking about queerness and joy, and also I don't know how to segue. Um, <laughs> so my you did career. a great job considering Thank our time. You. Thank you. Um, my career joy this week was we were part of an expo, like a trade show. And I got my face painted by one of our volunteers who goes for a youth group. Oh, and I bought a bunch of plants from one of the other booths, including these like cool goth black calla lilies. So oh. yes, that's my career joy. That's beautiful. That's what she wants to go next. Oh, do you want to go? I no, saw you go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't have a lot of queer joy. I mean, my queer joy right now is that I didn't go to Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I had a really great life growing up. Oh, yeah, I love it. But like, it's a lot better than that. Um, I ordered these friggin' stupid sensory things that I'm sure Becca's going to love. Is it the peep ones? I've been playing with it for the whole hour and you haven't been able to hear it, but I got them off Amazon and they're these stupid little pea pod keychains and I am addicted oh my god it's an addiction like I can't I've been carrying it around since I got it in the mail on Friday oh my god I Just love who I am now I also got so I have one too <laughs> I don't have a pea pod but I was playing with this <gasps> and I got one the of podcast. these things they pop Ooh! it's sensory really, toys it's really loud very- though so I could for non-visual really viewers we're just comparing our fidget toys on screen they're important <laughs> but uh yeah so like super fun okay yeah sorry fidgets um <laughs> 
I love fidgets. Um, one of uh, my queer joy for the week would be oh um i just got a commission for a tattoo um and we are going to be doing a chest piece for somebody who recently or not so recently but um who had top surgery Mm -hmm. and we're going to be decorating their chest and it's going to be like so beautiful and to see like their face like light up about um being able to like have the body that they wanted forever is just so beautiful and so gorgeous and I cry I think about it all the time um so that was my queer joy my queer joy is I guess attached to like bringing other people queer joy baby that's great I think that's yeah yeah a really beautiful way to look at it um well just just this time (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you so much Makili for joining us and Kelsey I know you're sick So thank you. (laughs) Um, And thank you, everybody else. Uh, Be kind to yourself and others, and we will see you next week.